Podcast Fresh on the last episode of Podcast Fresh. No, that's cool, that, man. It won't stop. <laughs> yeah, because you're not as big a mafiosi as I am, right? Like in terms of uh, watching all the gangster movies, which I like to do and stuff like that. You're more like to a point, right? I'm I'm definitely um, late to the party. Like I really right. like that stuff now, but I'm late to the party. Like oh, I, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I only yeah. really got into that like last year, maybe maybe the year before. Like oh, I've always gotcha. had a soft spot for it, but like I've never really <laughs> indulged <laughs> in the mafia stuff. You know, <laughs> I've always had I a soft always spot. got a soft spot for the mob. Man. Yeah, I've always loved the mob. But yeah. there is a certain <laughs> no, no. Um, but you're right. Like, bro, come on. The way the movies are presented, the video games, the music videos and everything, there's a romanticism with being a gangster. You know, yes. there's a romanticism. I know it's a lot of times it's murders and this and that. I totally understand all that. I'm just talking about the romanticism. And, yeah, of course, you know, you, you watch a Hollywood movie and, ah, this poor guy, you're rooting for him even though you know he's going to die. And even though he's, you know, he's just trying to move coke, okay? You know, you're kind of rooting for yeah. the guy. Leave him but, alone. Uh... Now this is a story all about how Wade, Cap, and Chris just both sat down. So we'd like to take some time and chill out there. We'd like to talk a bit about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Woo! Hello and welcome everybody to Podcast Fresh, show number 36. Wow, damn. Wow. 36. Wow. As always, I am Chris Torres. Usually, usually that's my name. Sometimes on the weekends I change it up. The one guy that's Ryan and Mello 24-7, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan, you rock star. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Most <laughs> of the time that's my name. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I got other names. Um... Uh, Usually negative connotations to my. No, I'll ask your uh, wife what she calls you. No, don't do that. No. You mother. <laughs> I don't think we need to do that. Uh, <laughs> Late breaking news, Ryan. You're getting a cactus. Talk to us about that. How big is this cactus? I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, all I know is my wife has been crazy with uh, like fixing up the backyard, and she's bought a lot of flowers. And I guess now she's inspired by the Sahara Desert because we are going to get the cactus. Right. Dude, you have no idea how insane those garden centers are and how long some of those lineups are that you have to sit through just to pay for some flowers or plants in some of these places until you have to go to these places for the first time. Oh, my God. And you Dude, realize that, you whoa, you are just a like it's like you're a fan in like. The hardcores, you see people are like four different types of soil and they got all their stuff. Like they were just ready oh, yeah. for this thing. You are just an amateur. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. I'm, I, I have a few plants and that's it, but it's kind of exciting. I kind of like taking care of those bastards. Before you showed up on the weekend, <laughs> yeah. I, I did, I had to do that. I had right? to go wait in lines to get some soil for my grass. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was brutal, but they didn't even have the soil I needed. And then I ended up leaving. And I, I saw this other soil, but I was told that that's not the right one. Just come back. And then all of a sudden, get to my car. They, they text me back. Oh, yeah, get that one. It's like, oh, my God. Back back to the line. Oh, man. And then I had to come back with the stupid soil. And that's all I did this weekend before you showed up was just soil and 
I, I have no grass, so I'm trying to grow grass for the audience out there. <laughs> yeah, it looks, it's kind of patchy. Like, it's kind of straight and it looks nice, but there's just a lot of missing parts where it's just, it was just dirt. Yeah. It looks yeah. like my friend Mike's receding hairline a little bit, if you look at it. <laughs> so, that's why. Why do we got to dig Mike every show? <laughs> that's <laughs> I like making fun of my friend Mike because he doesn't want listen to the show, so he'll never know. <laughs> I'm gonna send him this show. Nah, he'll never know. With a timestamp. <laughs> he dishes uh, Mike 17 times over the course of 14 episodes. He's like he's like the new Corey Gray. <laughs> yeah, and great podcasting awareness. <laughs> <laughs> podcasting awareness. <laughs> So you've been to, you're gonna you know you're about to become a dad uh, plant dad so that's cool you got a couple plants you got the dogs man um, yeah. yeah you're gonna learn some responsibility I like taking care of I introduced some flowers into my uh, green thumb uh, capabilities this year I was able to grow some um, lavender nice which I I understand is very easy to grow you just gotta put the damn seeds in and you know. I wouldn't know. You don't exactly got to throw holy water on there or anything like that. Agua bendita. But, you know, you do that. (laughs) And them (laughs) lavenders come out, and they look nice, and they smell really nice as well. Uh, Yeah. I'm not a fan of the lavender smell, to be honest. Excuse me? At least not in, like, the product of it, like, when you buy, like, uh, sprays or anything like that. You're you're more of a frankincense kind of guy. What does that mean? (laughs) In terms of scents, you know, like if you bought a set of oils, it'd come in lavender, vanilla, cinnamon, that other oh. one. Uh, I'm more of like the minty kind of scent, like right. the, the, the foresty kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I'll try anything. Like I got a diffuser. I go ham on that thing. Same. Um, it's really good. But yeah. Uh, yeah, plants. Plants are in my life now. Another thing I got to take care of. Um, by the way, how's that humidifier? I haven't lit it up yet. <laughs> Look at you, you <laughs> I don't get it. I have uh I've been kind of redoing my place a little bit, so I got a new couch. I got uh, uh got a large carpet in my area now, you know. Just making it rain. Making in it rain. Spain. Stack, stack, stack. Yeah. So I've been doing that. It's fine. <laughs> it's fun. I've been enjoying just updating my place a little bit, you know. Nice. Yes. Yes. So you're updating your place, I'm updating my backyard. That's life. You buy things, you fix them, or you replace them. And you, you buy things, them. you fix them, and then or you replace them. You know, yeah, the replace yeah. it. You upgrade. So, yeah. My dad's TV crapped out. He had this big ass one of those sixty-five inches. Excuse me. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, he it, it just went out. It just went out one day. And the yeah. bastard calls me and he goes, uh, "Listen, my my TV crapped out." I'm like, "What do you want me to do?" <laughs> <laughs> me to do this fucking guy he calls me and i said uh i said listen up old man. actually i did not say that disrespectful i said listen pops i said Shit. um <clears throat> i'll have a look at it when i uh next time i see you kind of thing and he goes oh i already have one picked out i'm buying it but i was like wow okay so that's it but apparently my brother-in-law had been looking at it and he said it wasn't fixable so they made the decision to just curb it that's well, a, that's the thing with these TVs they, they they're cheaper to make so you know when you were younger the thought of having a 65 inch TV in your bedroom for six hundred dollars it's possible if you buy a cheapy one yeah 
But in our day, you know, 65-inch TV, it'd be like in the thousands, wow. right? Even for a starter model. Wow. With the fat backs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But yeah, no, I haven't done uh, much else. Been playing Mafia 2 a lot. Um, yeah. My current stance on that game, I like it, but I don't like it more than the first one. Ooh. Um, I think the first one... It could be totally because the first one is just a complete remake. Yeah, the first one's probably going to be more like the third one because they made the yeah. third one and then they redid the first one with the third one. With idea. the third one, uh, like uh, with the uh, that whole experience and everything else. I'm sure that that yeah. bled over. And then two was just, I believe, just a remaster, right? Yeah, it's just like an HD uh, thing. Yes, but yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, um. I'll give it credit. It does things the first one doesn't do. Like, like what? Takes, what does it do? It does, it does a balancing like, act. Like it, uh, like when you start the game, you're in the army. Yeah. And then you go home and you're, you know, the some dude helps you with getting off the army and not having to go back because you were supposed to. But the game is taking place <laughs> like in December, I guess. So there's snow everywhere, right? Yeah. Um, but then you get to a part where you got to go to jail. And you go to jail for a bit, for 10 years. Jesus, you do okay. some you do, you do some jail stuff. You actually do jail stuff. Like you're in brawls and shit. Um, it's very brief. You're not there for a long time. Maybe, I'd say like maybe 45 minutes. And then uh, you're out of jail. Ten years have passed, and it, you're now in the 1950s, and everything looks different. Like the cars are better. There's no more snow now. You're in the summertime. Wow. Uh, and like there's just things have gotten more serious on the streets and stuff. Your buddy that you're with is now more uh, more higher class. It's cool. I actually dug that a lot. I was like, okay, I, I see what they're doing here. That's cool. Uh, you know, the first one is just seamless. It's you start from the bottom and you, you rise to the top. This, it's like there's like been intervals and you've been in different kind of scenarios. So I'll give it props for that. But I think the first one is just a more smoother experience overall. But I like Mafia 2. Mafia 2 is good. I think once you get to 3, you'll be in heaven. Probably. I'm thinking about that. Yeah. Like 3 just gets everything right. And remember, I never formally... Remember I told you how good it was, but I couldn't formally recommend it to you just yet because I didn't think you'd like it. Remember that? Yeah, I remember. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, hey, you know what? I want to give the Mafia games a try. And I said, all right, cool. Three is really good. It's really good. So three would probably be the one that would rival the first one. Yeah. The way I feel about the first one. Like when Mafia the first one to me four, is great. Yeah, the first Mafia one, I haven't four. played the first one. That one I want to do. Yeah, you should do that. That one I definitely want to do. 100%. Mafia 4 could be really, really good. Are they making a Mafia 4? I have heard nothing, but... No. Because there's a lot of things that Mafia 3 does right. Uh -huh. Unfortunately, where it suffers is where a lot of these kind of open-world-ish sandbox games kind of fail is that they try to ambitiously build a world as big as GTA, but they don't have enough creative juice to make it as interesting as rockstar is able to make their world yeah because the thing with that is i'm when i play this game i'm just eagerly driving mission to mission yeah i'm not exploring uh if i see a cool car i might grab it and put it in my garage or something yeah but other than that it's like there's what else am i gonna do look for cards or maggot playboys which <laughs> i gotta say the, the the pictures that pop up on screen when you get a playboy is pretty uh damn but uh dang yeah, no, it's 
it's very i like the world but there's really not much incentive to go and explore it the only thing this one this game has that i really appreciate because i'm about this stuff is like character customization is a little better where like there's shops that you can go and buy clothes there's gun stores uh there's like uh there's auto stores now you can customize your cars and oh i like that. that i like that yeah that i love that so that's a definite improvement from the first game but at the same time it makes sense because in the 50s you have cars that are makes sense that they're customizable we're in the 30s where the first game takes place it's like it's harder to, to do that so um yeah i i think that's cool but other than that it's like i'm literally driving from mission to mission like it's just there's no incentive there's nothing really telling me to go explore stuff so right and for me in three i you know it's it's just missing a little bit of variety when it comes to the missions it's just missing a little variety um yeah but it's so close so i can't wait to see what i will definitely uh that would be a day one buy for me would be the next mafia game i, I definitely think that'd be a, that that'd be great yeah i think you'd love the you'd like the first one the first one's really was i was pretty blown away i beat the first one in two sittings oh wow but like i spent my weekend on that because i was so in, invested in that story yeah uh and the reason why i know i like that game more than mafia 2 is because i'm not doing that with mafia 2 mafia 2 i play for like two hours tops and then i'm like good for the night you know yeah uh, um so yeah speaks speaks for itself yeah we'll check that out yeah. we'll definitely check that out anything good that you've been streaming or watching on tv uh oh i recently got crave so yes I'm how's crave I'm watching friends again <laughs> jesus christ i missed friends oh, okay that's friends. fair because it's not it was in a, they took it off of uh what was it netflix of uh netflix so i was seeing it again because i actually saw the reunion first that's why we got it right so that's uh, hilarious the reunion was actually pretty good and then we just ended up watching it so now it's like it's whenever we're bored we put it on uh but it's got some things on there i want to check out the, the wonder woman's on there i haven't seen uh the newest one yet right and uh wonder woman 1983 uh 84 exactly 84 yeah 84 uh yes there's that but it's good man it's just i don't know it's another streaming service so netflix gets boring sometimes it's just oh yeah there's nothing on there i want to watch so i actually let it just roll over and cancel oh yeah that's right you were saying and uh i just check in with you guys i'm like what's on netflix and like oh nothing like okay no reason to get it (laughs) because if 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 movies used to have like a little bit of pomp and circumstance when they were coming to Netflix. And now I don't hear about anything. Yeah, it's just not... Like when, when like Uncut Gems now. came out, you knew it was coming out. Like, there was so much hype around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel yeah, like Netflix exactly. hasn't done that. Also, Netflix, the other thing that pisses me off about them is um, they're now, like, a pretty big player when it comes to producing shows, right? Yeah. And just their ability to just create shows and just, like, cancel them after, like, one season or two that seasons. That even though I get it, we're all, they're trying to make money and it's a business. It's it's oh, shitty, brutal. you know. Yeah, it um, it it also like now Netflix is like I hear they're they're trying to break into like the gaming market. Oh boy! And so it's like you, you get ready for more twists with this company. It's not going to be. Uh, <laughs> I honestly think it's just going to be worse. But <laughs> we'll see where that goes. Right. Yeah. Oh, and before I forget, another thing I've been doing is watching all the Rocky movies. Nice. Uh, I got through Rocky one through three and i think i'm in the middle of four right now right god damn i love these movies they there's something so heartwarming about them i can't explain it but it's just it gives me a feel good every time um what i've realized though is rocky three and four 
and for sure five will give me the same feeling i totally i barely remember what happens like i know what happens like but i can't play by play it to you like there's certain things that go on that i'm like oh yeah like those are definitely the worst ones to me i think the creed movies are better than those interesting yeah yeah i wouldn't mind going back i'll probably uh have to watch them how are you watching them on uh blu-ray yeah i got the little uh collection yeah, I think I probably want to watch them on Blu-ray because they are old movies and they've been, uh, you know, redone and remastered for uh, today's technology. It would be definitely a good pickup on the Blu-ray. So I'll check it out. Yeah, man, do it. I'll definitely check it out. And what you still can't believe is I haven't seen a single one of the modern ones. None of them. That is insane. I'm <laughs> missing out so much. So I, I, like, I can't even... I, I see scenes of the first Creed. I think the first Creed's better than the, than Creed 2, but right. Creed 2 is still awesome. Right. Um, but I see scenes, and it's like, it gets me pumped up. Like, it makes me feel like I could go outside and run forever. That's <laughs> awesome. It. It's so good. Well, that's what they did. What That's what these movies are, right? It's the ultimate motivation it's motivation movie. Yes. I mean, everybody wants to go to Philadelphia and run up those steps. That's what they want to do when they're in Philly. My ass would make it halfway before I tap out. Yeah. It'd be like we have the historical this building. We have the uh, no, 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 no. I want to go to the steps. Where's the stupid stairs? Where's the steps to Rocky? Who would Rocky? You know, let's Rocky go have some yes. Philly cheesesteak sandwiches. No, no, let's go to the stairs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, let's run the stairs with the sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're not the first or last person to think of that or do that. Uh, no, run at the steps not. with a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Most of it's on your shirt by the time you're up there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh man. Uh, for the three people that are still listening, we'd like to <laughs> thank you for downloading podcast Fresh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the show that talks all things Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Today, we are reviewing two episodes from season three, 17 and 18. Um, so, yeah, thank you for downloading the show. We're going to continue on. As always, you can follow us on Instagram at Podcast Fresh. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Podcast Fresh uh, T-O. And you could uh, email us at podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. Uh, please do so. Send us an email. Let us know where you're from, where you're where you're listening from. That'd be fun. I, I got to say, some That'd people be have fun. reached out, and I enjoy the uh, nice little remarks and comments. Yeah. yeah, and most of the negative feedback tends to go to Ryan, which is great. It's so awesome. I love it. Yeah. I love being the punching bag. It's, awesome. it's my <laughs> role here in Podcast Fresh. <laughs> this episode comes from Season 3, Episode 17, called Best Laid Plans. Original air date, February 1, 1993. Ryan, before we begin this review, what were your uh, memories of this episode? Was this one that came to mind? You're like, yep, I remember this one. This is one that I'll say right off the bat. I don't remember at all. And I am very surprised that I don't remember it at all. I'll leave it at that. Jeez, Louise. Mystery. So, yeah, we'll go back to Ryan on that one a little bit later. This was called Best Laid Plans. Ha, ha, ha. Get it? Laid. Ha, 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 So we start off in the bank's kitchen. <laughs> and uh, Will's in the kitchen excited. This weekend, Jeffrey has the weekend off. And he's going to be home alone. He's got a honey coming over. Her name is Monique. And he starts saying, no, what I'm saying is just being really annoying. And Hillary doesn't sell any of it. So Will's <laughs> just kind of like on his own here. 
And uh, Phil gets home, and they remind him that they're going out to dinner. Phil acts like, listen, it's going to be an early night. i got to go upstairs and do some paperwork. They're like, paperwork? So this thing kind of goes on, and uh, it turns out that uh, he forgot that it was uh, Viv's birthday. Wait, was oh, it Viv's yeah. birthday or their anniversary? I think it was their anniversary. Their anniversary, yeah. We'll say it was their anniversary. And we'll say that. So Phil acts like uh, he, he forgot, and then uh, Jeffrey comes in with these flowers. And uh, this was such a slick move. So Jeffrey gives the flowers to Viv, and then Phil grabs the card, and uh, he reads it, and it says, I'm looking forward to dinner tonight with the most beautiful woman in the world. And she's very impressed. She goes, oh, you didn't forget. Very happy. And uh, she takes off to go get ready because they're going to go to a restaurant. Will then grabs the card and reads it, and it turns out that the the, uh, flowers are from Trevor to Hillary. Wow. And Will gives Phil a high five after feeling that he was going to be mad at him. He's like, hey, good job, Uncle Phil. And uh, then we just get this little random part where Will's looking into a mirror and he goes, um, we get our second uh, mirror, mirror on the wall. And he goes, mirror, mirror on the wall, Jean-Claude Van Damme, I'm fine. Which is, I think, one of a handful of times he says that. Right, Ryan? Uh, I don't know if it's that line specifically, but he mentions Van Damme a lot in his right. jokes. I love that stuff, though. <laughs> <laughs> when when I used to get completely obliterated, I used to like, you know, when you're talking to the boys and they're like, "Hey, so what happened Saturday? You seem pretty out of it. Were you okay?" And I would say to them, "Man, I was van terminated." <laughs> Such a stupid way to put it. I think you used that on me once, and I was so like taken back. I said I was that. van I was terminated. Like, yeah, you said some like fancy ass <laughs> way of saying you're drunk. But this was like years ago when, like, you know, we first started talking or whatever. And <laughs> right. You said that, and I'm like, that's a strange way to say you're fucked up. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other one I use is wobbly legged. Oh, I was wobbly legged. <laughs> wobbly legged. I like googly eyed. I like when you say googly eyed. Because <laughs> googly eyed can apply for a couple different things, right? <laughs> And everybody knows what googly <laughs> you're thinking about googly eyes right now. Those plastic googly, googly eyes. eyes where they, the eyes are scared. Yeah, yeah. People's go all over the place. He's looking all googly eyed. <laughs> He's looking all googly eyed. <laughs> oh, Jeffrey comes in with, with one of his dry comments right before he leaves. He goes, If you need me, I'll be dodging winos at the bus station. <laughs> and that is exit Jeffrey. So he's gone for the weekend. Will's girl gets there and they start chilling in the living room. At this point, everyone's left the house. And uh, Will Smith's got one of those, like, gimmick clapper things, like clap on, clap off. So as soon as he claps, the lights turn off, music mm-hmm. kicks in, and uh, Will starts kissing her, and he starts putting his leg over her, which gets a pop from the crowd. They continue kissing. They're really getting into it. This is probably as much of a makeout scene as we've had yeah. so far, right, Ryan? I was, I was surprised. Right? Yeah. It's really, it goes on and on. They really, like, make out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're really getting into it. And uh, she claps on the lights. Will claps off the lights. She can't do this. She wants to go. She wants to stop. Keep that in mind. Uh, she wants to stop. She's she's old-fashioned, and she wants to get married before going all the way. Will continues to play it as if it's, uh, it's, it's that's crazy talk, and, you know, he's moving on to her, and he does this gimmick where he jumps backwards into the bed and puts the leg over it. Just uh, complete insanity. And, of course, she will not cave in and scene. Ryan, what do you think about this madness here at the hotel? 
Oh, excuse me, in the in the living the room. Yeah. I'd love to talk to you, but I have no blood in my brain <laughs> when he <laughs> said that shit. I was like, what? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, no, he uh this was uh the PG version of of uh thinking with your uh down downstairs um <clears throat> shown on screen. It was at first I didn't know how I felt. I was like, this is very uh more than I'm used to when it comes to Will and his relationships. But I, I ended up liking it because it showed... We haven't seen Will with a girl in a while. And I feel like that side of Will we don't see. We haven't seen in so long. So to see this, he's human like every other guy. Like, he's being a guy here. And the fact that he's faced with a challenge now where the girl wants to save herself and she's like not like everyone else provides an interesting piece of... Um, it's an interesting view from a girl's perspective on this show, because usually they're down for whatever they right. want to dance. They might be uptight, but they always, you know, if the guy has money or whatever, that's what we've been presented. If they're, if they're wealthy or they're good looking, like you're good. But now this is a girl who doesn't really care about that. She just, she wants to save herself for marriage. And Will's just trying everything in his power to just, you know, that's crazy. Don't worry about that, but yeah. it's not going down. So I'm, it left me interested in the episode. I was like, okay, I wonder where the hell this goes. Yeah, yeah. So Will's just, you know, just doing what most teenagers do, what most people do, whatever. He just in the moment, just wants to get yeah. laid, that's all. And she's saying no. And she says no a few times. And no, this girl is saying no regardless of her reason, dude. She's saying no. Yeah. Stop pushing so much, you know what I'm saying? In reality. In reality. It's like in reality. You should stop right there, brother. It doesn't yeah. matter. But the ha-ha is that, well, she's religious, so you know how, how it is, right? You know how they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how <laughs> they are. That whole bullshit, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's anyway, I hope that makes sense, but it's just. No, it does, yeah. But in the, in the yeah, so in the show, it's presented, like, if you want to criticize it, at the end of the day, it's, you got to criticize the fact that, well, you know, th- that trope was put in there because of uh, the character is religious, wants to wait till she gets married, et cetera, et cetera. If that wasn't there. I think Will would look even worse than he's already going to eventually end up looking at the end of this episode. Yeah. I I'm not mad at it though. It's it's a show at the end of the day. You need some kind of driving factor for the reason of, you know, the conflict of what happens. So it's like if if it's if it's cuz she's religious then fine, we'll take it. Like you you say it all the time, we need to shut off our brains every once in a while. Um and turn a blind eye to the logic of this show because it's like at the end of the day it's a show. It's not a real uh it's not a reality show. <laughs> right. You know? So yeah, that's fine. I just thought it was just so um like obviously it's gonna get a lot worse. Mm. But I just thought when I was watching it, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. She's saying no. I wonder if this is where we're going with the rest of the episode, and it was. And then, like, yeah. oh, okay, best laid plans. This whole episode is going to be about something to do with what's going on here, kind of thing. Yeah. So that ends that scene. The next day, it's about morning. It's seven a.m. in my mind at the banks. Will comes in with a basketball, and Carlton sitting there having breakfast. He's shocked to see Will out that early. Will says that he ran a few miles. He even whacks Carlton's car. What a gentleman! Wow. Nothing would say, you know what? You're a good guy. Like, if I just came out of my apartment and some guy's like, hey, buddy. Like, yeah. You know what? I had an hour to kill. Waxed your car for you. Be like, wait a minute. You did what? 
Some, why, why is that so funny? That would never fucking happen. <laughs> you know, you never know that. Jesus. It'll be like my mentos moment. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. If that were to happen to me, I, I would. Uh, Bro, you come know. on and be like, the fuck you do? Get the fuck off my car. I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just putting the final touches. It's like, no, I'm just waxing it. It's like, oh. I don't know why I said okay. it like that. The final touches, like the guys from yeah. Queens. Oh, oh, I just got paid to work here. I don't want to drink. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, that'd be cool. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd pay the guy. 100%. I'd pay the guy. <laughs> right. It's like, you know what? You went out of your way to wax my car. Let me give you a couple bucks. <laughs> a couple <Shit>. bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Couple I'm not bucks. saying the guy even needs money. It's just some guy that was just sitting there, you know, and he just decided to do that. Yeah, but then you owe him something. You know what I mean? And you, like he's gonna remember that. You're you, one day he's gonna, you know, you you got there's gonna be one parking lot left in that spot, and and you're gonna feel like he needs to take it because he waxed your car that one time. But now you gotta park three blocks away. You gotta walk in the cold to the restaurant, and it's gonna it's gonna suck ass. And you have a date. She's complaining. And then when you, when the date's over, you gotta walk your ass three blocks to get the car back because she doesn't want to walk in the cold. It just sucks. This is how I conduct my life, by the way. I'm always thinking, like, ahead of, like... I always turn down shit, because it's like, I don't want to owe you. I really... Unless you're family or whatever, but it's like, I don't want to owe anybody. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah, no, no. I totally get that, dude. Carlton says, you have to give it time. What did he say? Something He was like, in a couple of weeks, it'll be 18 years. <laughs> so Will just looks at him like, you're right. You're the wrong guy to talk to. Damn. Um, Will then goes to Phil. And he wants to talk about cars. <laughs> Phil's like, well, if you'd like to speak about cars. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Will says, I want to talk cars. And Phil says to them, which cars? Cars one, two, three. And Will says, cars. Phil looks at him. And he picks up on it. He grabs a bagel and a coffee. And he says, sit down. So they sit down, and he goes, this car's not in trouble. <laughs> so they do this back and forth, speaking these, these stupid metaphors that you'd never speak to the, like this to a child. Uh, and Will says, the best line, and they always try to reassure us that he's a virgin. Well, Uncle Phil, I've never been off the lot as far as I can tell. <laughs> what? Well, that's about her, right? I thought he meant it about himself. No, he says, well, this one's never been off the lot, as far as I can tell, because she's a virgin. Oh, Jesus. That makes it even worse. <laughs> that is a horrible line. <laughs> this one's not even been off the lot. No way. Yeah, dude. That's how, uh, that's how it goes. I'm actually really surprised this is your stance. I actually really like this whole thing. Dude, when he said, are you having car problems? I thought he was talking about, so car meaning, like, the girl... In the bed? girl's pregnant. The girl's pregnant. The car's not in Jesus. trouble, is she? No. Okay. Not, no. I get it. It makes sense. I'm not. I'm not going to fight that. I. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see it. It went over my head. Obviously, I'm okay with that. But I was like, Jesus. Okay. Wow. That's the line. Yeah. Whew, that's stiff. What did you like the uh, the cleverness of the whole thing? I just thought it was clever. Like they kept the car thing going, and it, it really. I was surprised by how long it kept going. Like right. Really, and it all, I don't know, it flew over your head, but I caught everything. So I, I, I got a laugh out of it, I guess, because I just understood. Yeah. Um, like, no offense, I'm not trying to offend you, but I'm just saying, uh, 
I actually was popping. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, no, I wasn't. Uh, I, but go ahead. Go sorry. Yeah. I'm just gonna say like uh, these topics don't never, especially in a '90s show like this, they never come across that great. Um, regardless, so it's like whether you want to mask it with cars or not, you're gonna someone out there will be offended. So. Right. 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 And just going on the episode itself, when I um, I wasn't shocked. I wasn't shocked in a way like, oh, my God, this show should be canceled, et cetera, et cetera, or even like, oh, my sensitive ears or eyes. Nothing like that. I'm just saying it's a sharp line just for the show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just it doesn't it's, it's, fit almost. It's, uh, it's, under, it's, now, it's nowhere near the levels of, you know, when Hillary says to her sister, uh, nobody wants your lemonade or whatever the hell it was. Your, your your soda's flat. <laughs> That's it. Your soda's flat. How yeah. come nobody wants my uh, thing? Because your soda's flat. It's not as heavy-handed as that. But for the show, I was like, oh, okay, all right. I guess I guess we we did use that line. And then later on, there's like a joke about Madonna on her knees. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, that was a little like, <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? What? So there. I mean, if this is the sign of the times, 1993, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's the height of like. Uh, uh, TV's getting a little bit racy. You know, you had the Melrose Place, Beverly Hills, I had to know. There was all kinds of stuff. Cop shows kind of ruled the world during this time and all kinds of crazy shit and antics happened during late night TV shows during this time like David Letterman and Jay uh, Leno. But, uh, the, the, excuse me, WCW legend Jay Leno. Uh, but yeah, what were you going to say, Pac-Man? Nothing. Nothing? You're just going to sit there wearing my colors? Just gonna sit here wearing <laughs> your colors. They continue on with these stupid puns. Phil says, "You need to. Uh, we need to get into a safety of driving. Now, son, what you want to do is you need to use your brakes." And Will's like, "I don't get it." Phil's like, "You fucking idiot! No sex before marriage." Will's like, <laughs> "Oh snap!" And then Phil drops a one-liner that I really liked. He goes, intimacy requires a real commitment. Don't forget that. Yeah. Phil says, you're a grown man, Will. You need, I need to rely on uh, what you're going to do. Basically saying I'm not going to be able to kind of babysit you the entire time. And I trust you to make the right decisions. No problem, Uncle Phil. We then flip the scene. Before we get into the next scene, Ryan, anything to add here? With Phil trying to knock some sense into him and Will just being like, nah, it's okay, I got this. Yeah, I like how uh, the car thing was getting out of hand. Phil kind of cuts that, right? like you said, and he's just like, just no sex before marriage. Like, let's just cut the bullshit. This is what I want you to hear. Um, and when he says intimacy requires a real commitment, that kind of brought me back to reality. Like, yeah, you know what? This is... What we're watching is bullshit, and yeah, Will is uh, not ready for that in terms of that yeah. phrase. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I liked it. You know, Uncle Phil being the Uncle Phil that I've enjoyed in like season one and two. Um, I gotta say, overall in this episode, I'll say real quick, he was really toned down. Um, even at the end when he got upset, it was like it was actually good. Like I actually, it was more believable than how he's been acting. So this is the Phil that I like. Yeah. Yeah. This is where sh- Phil shines the most when he's giving off that wisdom. Yeah, the advice. To his children or to Will. 
So right after that, we flip the scene, and we are now in a church as we cut to dearly beloved Jazz, who's the ordained minister. (laughs) What's so funny? Because I remember watching this stupid episode, and then when I see Jazz as the priest, (laughs) I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) This is what's going on. It was funny because he... He's been gone for a while, right? So when I saw his <laughs> stupid face yeah. as a priest, I was like, oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. Jazz yeah, is the ordained minister, and he marries Will and his new wife. And with the parting words, get busy. They kiss. <laughs> and as they leave, Jazz is just throwing handfuls of rice on them, just throwing it really hard. Will and Jazz do the uh, psh, handshake. And they've got to leave before the minister comes back. But it looks like they kind of had that ha 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 moment at the end. Yeah. And so this is legit. Uh, they did get married in a church. I thought this was a dream sequence. What did you think at first? I thought this is going to be a fucking dream. Uh, no, I I think maybe I, maybe I thought that for a split second. But once I saw Jazz as the priest, I was like, okay, they're scamming here. Um, and that's what happened. The minister was gone and Jazz put on the uniform. And married, made, married, they married, he married them and uh, they got busy at the end. Yeah. He even throws in the line just to be legit. He's like, enough of that. Cause they were making out. It's like, this is God's crib. Right. Take that shit to the street. <laughs> so like, I felt, you know what I compare this to when, uh, just was it last week when Jeffrey won the lottery? Yeah. That prank, this is just as bad. I felt so bad for this girl. Wow. Okay. I was yeah, like, yeah. wow, that that is pretty bad. That's this might be worse. This is horrible to yeah. do to somebody. Um just to get in bed with her. Like think about That's that. That's horrible. fucked up. That is so fucked up. And that would not fly today and this is what we're watching in uh, the 90s, 93. So uh yeah, I don't know. Again, I chalk it up to the humor and in, in the end the show does the right thing, but I I will say this is a ballsy episode. Mm-hmm. Very, very insane. Has not aged well at all, right? If you look at it through the 2021 goggles. But even for the time, it was definitely kind of fucked up. It was pushing it. But um, looking at it now, it's it's way off base. But within the context of the show, it is still crazy that Will would do this because he's supposed to be like a smart guy. And you know what I mean? Like this, this isn't, Will the rapist? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing this here? This definitely, you know I mean? yeah. This definitely counts as uh, a going to Mars episode. I'm sorry. Like, it might not give off that vibe, but right. it is. Who the hell does this? This is insane. Yeah, this was. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure when they were coming up with the idea, it made sense, or, or maybe to them. I don't know what the hell was going on with the writers' rooms, but in practice, it was just really weird. I had a weird feeling. We'll see how this plays out. At the hotel room, Will arrives and drops his new wife on the bed. And he goes, quick, we only have 18 hours until checkout. She says, I'll be back. And she leaves to put something on. She comes back in a conservative nightgown. And Will says, okay, great. Now take it off. She puts over the marriage and says that she's going to be a good wife. She cuts this huge promo saying how, you know, she's happy to have Will. And she's going to make everything. uh, She's going to do everything to make her happy, him happy. She offers Will a gift. It's her grandfather's treasured necklace. And she says that her parents are going to kill her when they find out what she's done. But 
She loves him. The promo ends with her laying back in bed and she says, now take me. Will's mind and heart are fighting each other. You can just tell. And he caves in and he puts his clothes on. He says, I'll be back. He goes, you know, since you got me something, I have to go get you something. And uh, he takes off and that's the end of the scene. Ryan, your thoughts on this scene first. Yeah, so uh, when it started, I was like, this is insane. What in the hell am I watching? <laughs> but then uh, as it went on, and I'm glad this girl like had a, had a good head on her shoulders. Like she... She kept the, delaying this, the inevitable of what Will wanted and kept talking. Like, this was important to her. Like, the marriage was actually really important to her. As stupid as it was. Like, it's not like they're in love. I don't think they are. I don't know how long they've been dating. Stuff right. like that. But it's like she actually really valued it. And then once she dropped the promo and gave Will the necklace and all that, like, that that was enough for Will to see, like, what the hell am I doing? Right. Uh and obviously he uses the excuse as he has to get her something. Um, I I liked it. I thought like like I feel really bad for her, and I think Will's such a dickhead right now. But it's like at the same time, this is a a very funny told story. I'll say the grandfather's necklace was a nice touch, eh? That's what made me feel horrible. I was right. like, Damn, I think it was okay. meant to make you feel horrible. That's the thing, and and that was meant to make Will realize what a jackass he is. Right. We then go to a nightclub, and Jess is using these one-liners to try to pick up women at the bar. He goes 0 for 1, and he almost goes 0 for 2 before Will comes in and pulls him out of the room. Will's torn. He says that he doesn't want to go through with this. You know, obviously, he's, he's, he's conflicted. Jess has to be a man and take advantage of her. He even says, you know, just bring a bottle of booze or whatever, and this white lady's, like, horrified. Will says he can't. And uh, that he's not going to go through with it. At this point, Jazz takes a step back and he says that he needs to change the way that he deals with women. So they're kind of we're getting the double baby face turn here. They shake hands and he goes, my man. And then Will immediately lines up his next girl before going after her. Uh, jazz, you mean? Excuse me, Jazz. So that's kind of the ha ha at the end there. Uh, and scene. Ryan, short little scene here, just two friends going at it, uh, just having a quick conversation. Will, obviously conflicted. This little scene saves me from asking for Will's head on a plate. Yeah, exactly. He really sees what he did wrong. Uh, again, it reminds me of the Jeffrey episode, like when they talk it over and they realize, like, maybe we went too far. Uh, <laughs> right. Same kind of thing. He knows he went too far with Jazz. Jazz, however, is a different kind of human. He he just kind of doesn't care about being decent. At least in this at this point in his life, I don't know. This Jazz is a different Jazz than before. But uh, whatever. Still not as bad as the Jazz that we got a couple episodes ago. But um, yeah, I, I think I don't know, man. It's I feel weird about it. He I like this. I really like this episode. But it's very bad, if that makes any sense. Like it's a yeah. bad, uh, it's a bad subject, and it's ho- like horribly handled. But I'm very entertained by it. Right, right. So you just uh, can't look away. I really like it. Yeah, I actually really like the episode. But I know that this is terrible. You know. In the next scene, Will and Monique are in the hotel room, and Will's coming in honest. He tells her the truth. And uh, cuts his promo, says he's very sorry. And then he says, well, look, I mean, the room is paid for. And we cut to her POV, and he ends up getting punched out. 
Good. Later on, Will's on the phone with the voice, presumably Phil, who's... Uh, it is Phil, but it's just like... Rah, 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 rah. It's really cartoonish, like screaming at Will, who wants, uh, who's looking for a ride. And uh, it's because his Monique took the car and he leaves the phone on the pillow and Phil is still screaming. I like that. That was a nice touch. The shot of the phone on the pillow with Will, uh, Phil just going... Rah, 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 rah. Yeah. As we ended the scene. So, obviously, here we're just kind of setting up that Will needs to come clean to everybody and start paying for his sins. Any thoughts here, Pac-Man? No, that's straightforward. Yeah, yeah. At the bank's kitchen, this is that same night. Hillary and Carlton and Ashley, the kids, they're all trying to figure out what happened. Hillary says, all I heard is Mercedes, wife, Monique, and Phil ran out of the house. Carlton's theory... Will and Monique stole a Mercedes and ran over somebody's wife. Okay. <laughs> Will, um, and then this one is um, Hillary's. She goes, no, it's obviously that Will um, cheated on Monique with a woman named Mercedes. And now she found out, but now she's working on the wife part. So her thing is not complete, even though it's completely wacky. And then Ashley's got her own version. She goes... Will married Monique to get her into bed, and when she found out, she took off in, in uh, Phil's Mercedes. And they all laugh at her, and I thought that was nice. <laughs> what do you think about the three theories going on here? I kind of like the wordplay. Yeah, me too. Uh, all kinds of different scenarios that the kids <laughs> are drumming up in their mind. Right. Uh, overall, I like their inclusion in the episode. Uh, yeah. In general, because they're at the in the beginning of the episode, they're like mouthing what Will's saying to Monique uh, on the stairs, and it's a clever way to incorporate the characters that are barely going to have enough time. They actually got good lines here, yeah, uh, to fill out you know the spot that they wouldn't be in usually. So mm -hmm. I actually really enjoyed this. This was this was better than just you know having them in the background with a one liner. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. In terms of lines, I think it was pretty even. It, it was it was a good uh, spread amongst the kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as soon as the kids are laughing at her, Will and Phil come in with Phil yelling at Will about how despicable he is for marrying Monique to get her into bed. So as soon as Ashley says that, like a moment later, Phil comes in and drops that one-liner um, for the laugh. <laughs> I thought it was fine. It just could have been timed a little bit different. It felt like, I don't know, the delivery, it wasn't exactly how you would do it to get that kind of reaction. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, you know when one character will be like, well, when Chris gets here, I'm sure he, he won't say that it'll, it'll be blue. Cut to, door opens. Okay, it's going to be blue. Like, that's funny, right? But here yeah. I thought because they did it in real time, I almost felt like Will and Phil should have come in a little bit sooner. I know I'm nitpicking as fuck, but just saying. I get it. Yeah, that... that well, yeah. It uh, doesn't bother me as much. <laughs> yeah. You nitpick away. That's what Ryan, what'd you think of this episode? I'm Google I'm googly eyed. I like the floor. I'm googly eyed. And then I like Anger leads to hate. You used to say that shit all the time. Anger leads to hate. In the living room, Phil and Will go to church. So put down the pew. It's time to take a knee. Ladies and gentlemen, we go to church. It's Phil and Will. Will calls himself the victim of his own imagination. He says, help me. Phil says that his punishment is coming, but not yet. He tells him that it may come 
any time. Be afraid, Will. Be very afraid. And then at this point, he laughs maniacally like the Shredder. How awesome was that? That was so good, man. Did that remind you of the Shredder? Yeah, because you I didn't know he was the Shredder until you reminded me a couple right. of weeks ago or months ago at this point. Yeah. So I, I ended up going to see like what it was like or how he sounded like. And I could tell it was him at that point now that I know who. So when I heard that laugh, I was like, whoa, holy shit. It's awesome. The I love it. I love it. Yes. And then we end that scene and then we open up another scene back in the living room and it, there's a title card. It says three years later, Phil is chilling on the couch reading a book called Medieval Torture Devices and he closes the book and with a maniacal grin calls for Will. Will! And uh, <laughs> we end the episode there. Be afraid, Will. Be very afraid. I've got it. Well, what did you think of that last little scene, Ryan? Uh, it was good because it wasn't the same like tone, uh, the same tone as like the usual, you know, end scene where Will and Phil are on a couch and he's about to give him shit. Like he always did that thing where he would like start laughing maniacally and then he would snap here. It was totally different. He was just cool. He was uh, very like uneasy. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, yeah, I'll think of a punishment. Might not be heat today. Might not be tomorrow. Yeah. Might not even be next week. It's like, it's like, oh shit. <laughs> then he starts doing that laugh. It's like, oh my god. So I liked how different that was. It was awesome. Yeah, he was very maniacal. Maniacal. Just like the episode was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's phenomenal. You put your own twist on words. It's, yeah. it's very, uh, you know. <laughs> you gotta do you. <laughs> Did you know that this is only Kim Fields' only appearance on The Fresh Prince? But she's been mentioned previously in the series in Season 1, Episode 24, Just Infatuation. Carlton admits, admits, and he might have admits, that his first celebrity crush was Tootie on The Facts of Life. Tootie was played by Kim Fields. So there you go. Monique played by Kim Fields. She's born on May 12, 1969 in New York, New York. As Kim Victoria Fields, she's an actress and director known for the facts of life, living single, and what to expect when you're expecting in 2012. She has been married to Christopher Morgan since July 23, 2007, and she's known for playing Dorothy Tootie Ramsey on all 201 episodes of the Facts of Life, which aired from 1979 to 1988. Uh, she also appeared as Dorothy Ramsey on five episodes of Different Strokes, so... That's when they were kind of getting cute and having the different characters appear on other shows for cameos. Um, so that's cool. And that I never, I had heard of Facts of Life, but I never watched it. Uh, you, Pac-Man? No, no. No, that'd be, that was before my time, pretty much, and um, definitely before yours. And uh, But I took a quick gander at it, and it's just kind of like an adolescent coming-of-age story, but told through, through like a group of women, mostly. So that was kind of the facts of life there. So 
There you go, Ski. Uh, there were some pretty good uh, liners in this one. I like when Jeffrey hands the flowers to Anne Viv and he goes, here you are, madam. I'm guessing they're not from me. I haven't put out in years. So I was like, whoa, wait a minute. What? <laughs> what in the rustle? What? <laughs> Damn. I like how this show will randomly throw some crazy shit out like that. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, what in the hell? If anybody's looking for me, I'll be in my room saluting the flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's awesome. He's awesome. But we're going to put the winner right here. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Jean-Claude Van Damme, I'm fine. Miss <laughs> uh, Monique is here to see you. And I just like that was kind of funny. And has he used that line before, Ryan? I know there's a variation of it that's mirror, mirror on the wall. Jean-Claude Van Damme, I look good. Now, yeah. was that changed? I don't know if he said that in a movie, but anyway, there's a there's a few different versions of this line. Yeah, like I said, I think it's, uh, he's mentioned Van Damme before. Right. I just don't know if it's that line. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. Don't, don't yell at me. Jeez. I'm Sick and tired. Of You're the worst you boss ever. <sighs> All right, boss. So that's my final uh, zinger funny line. Give us your thoughts on this episode. Give us your grade, and I'll cue up the uh, the music here, the Final Fantasy VII music. Go ahead. Oh, holy shit! You think it's a ten, huh? No. You give us your thoughts and your score. Oh, you said the Final Fantasy music. Jeez. That happens when uh, you give it a ten. Um. I want to. I want to give it a ten. I'm dead serious. I don't know what it is. I, maybe this says something about me. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just gonna give it a ten. There I don't care. Go. I really enjoyed it. I, it's it's Jesus. it's a it's a tough subject. It's a bad subject the way it's handled and all that. But I was very entertained throughout all of it. I actually thought it was very very refreshing to have a, a an episode based on Will and a relationship he has that's actually pretty serious. And it's just a will episode. Like we're back to a will episode. There's no other. There's nothing around that. It's just how he deals with this one thing. Uh, and maybe I just missed that. So I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten. But I did think it was funny when it was funny. It was hilarious to me. Uh, the other characters' dialogue was great when they had dialogue, and I did like the return of this jazz. This jazz isn't really quite the same jazz I like from season one and two, mm. but it is a better version of jazz than we've gotten recently. So I applaud them for that. Hopefully they're, you know, doing a change to the character. Um, but I can't help but love the guy. Whenever he's on screen, I just get happy. So I just, I don't know, man. I was thoroughly entertained. Again, tough subject, but I was really entertained. 10 out of 10. Beautiful. You heard it from the man. Definitely, I thought the way Will came out with uh, trying to just have sex with this girl by any means and doing the whole, you know, faking a marriage thing by getting Jazzy Jeff to come in and pretend he's like the minister. It's so insane. It is. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. You do get like heelish vibes from Will throughout the entire episode. And it's not the first time this season where Will's kind of behaved us this way right. the other time that comes to mind is when he wanted to date carlton's ex-girlfriend right away oh yeah 
So <laughs> we're bad. definitely seeing a heel will, although not on purpose. This is just the way it was, the way it's kind of done. I thought, I thought, you know, if you want to give it credit for bringing up even this subject in the first place, or about these kind of peer pressures that you fear, feel when, uh, you know, when you're that young and you have so many questions about sex and things like that, I completely understand that. But it's told in such a heavy-handed way of this guy just wants to get laid kind of way that it kind of it makes the character a little bit unlikable for going through these lengths, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the topic comes up various times throughout, throughout the, the whole episode and he does turn to Phil for advice but Phil kind of just guides him a little bit, but he kind of doesn't want to be there coaching him full-time kind of deal. But he does warn him. And he says that if you're going to do anything physical, it requires commitment. And I thought, I like that. With the whole getting married thing, it was just such a weird uh, thing to do. And then you have the hotel scene. Like, so much is going on. Like, <laughs> is nobody wondering where Will is? You know what I mean? <laughs> but I get it. Everybody's got the weekend off. So, like, in a way, they've written it in a way that it's it's kind of like it answers a bunch of these different questions. It could happen. Yeah. But still, to, like, reserve yeah. a hotel and go through that entire process is pretty silly. Um, even when Will has to run out of the hotel because he needs to go talk to Jazz and, and make sure that, you know, he's making the right call. It's like, yeah, you idiot, you're making the right call. Like, why do you need to speak to so many people? It's very simple and obvious what you need to do. Which has kind of come clean, you know. So, in terms of subject matter, it's it, uh, whatever. It hasn't aged well, but I understand that we're judging it as kind of this standalone episode, encapsulated in this time frame of 1993. I get that, but even looking at all that, I myself didn't think it was a very good episode. I just didn't. Uh, I didn't laugh very much, to be completely honest. There were some pretty good one-liners, but there wasn't anything that I really, that really stood out to me. And it's not a very memorable episode for me. And um, I don't know, just the whole Will thing just kind of threw me off a little bit. What I did like was uh, it was nice to see Jazz again. Obviously, it was ni- always nice to see Jazz, even though in this role he's just kind of like a, like a minister undercover kind of thing. And I think this episode could work a little bit better if it just completely went out to Mars. But because it all, it kind of doesn't, you know, like it almost goes there during certain parts. But am I crazy, Ryan? Like they seem to rein it in at times, right? Uh, yeah, they they ground it uh, whenever it feels like it's not or we're about to take off. Like I said, this is a Mars episode to me because a lot of this just would never no one would actually do something this insane right um you don't just get married the next day like no you wait three days you wait like you, you gotta do stuff you, you there's prep there's some kind of prep and that's where the thing is is isn't believable or goes to mars as, as we say but maybe if they went the whole way maybe if that wedding sequence was a dream and they did something with that instead like maybe they could they could have gotten a better route i don't know I feel like my score is literally based on how entertained I was, which for some reason was was ten out of ten right. material. Yeah, but I like I'm saying I recognize that the subject matter does not hold up at all. Right. Yeah. 
And, but even given all that, I'm still just judging it as a Fresh Prince episode. I just didn't think it was that good. And, and that's there cool. were a lot of scenes and they were um, they were just a little bit too short. Not enough meat on the bone, so to speak. So I'm going to give it uh, a 3 out of 10. <laughs> Holy fudge. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10. There wasn't too many. I cannot believe that there's a difference. I like know that. there wasn't too many things. Doing? There wasn't too many things that were redeemable in this episode, and I saw it uh, three times. I, I there are some parts where Phil really comes through, and I like Phil's character in the in the scene and the and everything else, and it makes sense. But one thing that I you know, like I said, uh, because of the way it was written and where the characters were, it was impossible for Will to call upon like his aunt Viv or you know his female cousins to get a female's point of view because he wasn't really... Everything he was doing was kind of like secret sauce, right? So I get that. Yeah. But it was just too angled in the way of, oh, I don't know what to do. Should I go talk to my idiot friend, Jazz? Yeah, he'll know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I can't... So that's probably, this is probably your lowest rated episode. I think I might have done another one at three. But this one's getting a three. I might reconsider it in the future, but I just uh, thought it was a flat episode. Hey, man, if it was funny, it'd be funny. Like, I can accept... You know, jokes that haven't aged well, but I can appreciate that. Be like, okay, that was kind of funny, right? Like wow, uh, when like they I make fun of the celebrities, for example. Sometimes it is funny. And sometimes it's just me. Right. <laughs> yeah. But there you go. That's okay. Wow, ten out of ten for you. I gotta watch this again. I'm very uh, surprised by that. Yeah, know. I don't know. I just I didn't enjoy. Uh, I didn't. La- I didn't. I didn't have fun. You enjoyed I it. That, that, that's how you judge it. You enjoyed it. Well, I, I didn't enjoy it, and that's kind of. Mm, yeah. Where uh, yeah. by the same sword that you praise it, I I bury it. And, I get. Yeah. That's it. Okay. All right. Hold on a sec. I gotta make a phone call to the podcast fresh exec. I want you fired. Uh, this is an outrage. And, uh, yeah. You're getting canceled, kid. Look at this picture of me as Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Ladies and uh, gentlemen, I love the reface app. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> We are going to uh, hit a little. I want to sex you up. Man. And when we came up, and when we come back, rather, Ryan's <laughs> going to get into the alma mater. Or the alma mater, excuse me. You spelt it wrong. The Two alma T's. Uh, it spell checked me like that. So, yeah, I thought it was right. Shit. You're smarter than Google. Don't forget that. I am. I made Google. You look like Google. Or is that Google EI? I don't know what I'm doing. Да, я посмотрю свою кассету. Yeah.
Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the Sex You Up song from You Jack City. Or no, Color Me Bad. Damn. The, the album was New Jack City. Jesus Christ, I'm fucking up. Uh, all right, let's carry on season three. Uh, episode 18, titled The Alma Matter. Original air date, February 8th, 1993. I just want to say this was the last uh, episode on disc three of four on the DVDs. So I have the last disc uh will be coming out of the case and into the playstation 3 where i'm watching this and uh it's uh made me a bit sad because i'm like all right this is it this is the last disc with uh, janet hubert and after this it's uh it's over so uh, we start the episode in the kitchen as most episodes start will walks in and he asks hillary when Je- when is jeffrey coming back i'm starving Hillary says, don't worry, I'm making breakfast. Oh. Will then switches up his tune right away. He's like, oh, man, I'm full. I can't eat another right. bite. Uh, Hillary says she knows what she's doing and that she used to be a pro caterer. Carlton says you still would be if you hadn't poisoned those nuns. Mm. Uh, Hillary says the results are inconclusive. <laughs> okay. It was funny Hillary because says, are yeah. we to take it? Obviously, like she didn't kill anybody, but are we to take it? They were just playing around because... It's, it's funny that they were written that way. Like, all of a sudden, they become like the king of the one-liners there for a second, you know? Like, remember that episode in season one where we, early on, where Carlton gets one over Will, and he high-fives his sister? Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is kind of a little strange, that's all. This reminds me of, like, a real conversation me and you would have where you'd say something ridiculous to me, and I kind of play along and say something ridiculous back. Right. It's like that. But I think 
I don't think the show would be that uh, meta. So okay. <clears throat> Hillary says Bon Appetit and leaves. Will immediately tries to give his plate to Carlton, but Carlton's like pushing back. And Ashley steps in. I like this. Ashley was like, you know what? Let's just give her a chance. She's she was being really nice here. And uh, when Hillary comes back with juice, Will's in the middle of eating the food, and he's like, "Wow, it's actually good." But what's the crunchy stuff? And Hillary goes, "Oh, great! You found my contact. Mm. Disgusting. That is gross." Uh, but yeah, that was the uh, the scene before the intro credits. What did you think of the intro scene? Uh, just kind of a little scene there where uh, Hillary gets the uh, the haha jokes. Another day in the life. Another day in the life. Yeah. And it's so funny because, yeah, Ashley's like, hey, let's give her a chance. She's the nicest of the family, I think. She really is. She's so yeah. sweet. All right, back into the show. We're in the living room. Uh, Phil is showing Carlton pictures of his university days. Uh, so he's going through this book, and he's showing pictures of who the people are. And uh, we find out, basically, that Princeton, the university, is going to have someone go to their school, Beller Prep, and they're going to scout students right. to, to go to university. The next scene is at Beller Prep. Will is about to go in for his interview for Princeton. Uh, so <clears throat> Will is being forced here by Uncle Phil to do this. When the interviewer asks Will why he wants to go to Princeton, he comes clean and says, look, my uncle is making me do this, and I actually don't want to go to Princeton. Then the interviewer, who I found out later was called Ed, his name mm. was Ed, uh, says, everybody wants to go to Princeton. And then it's like, Will's like, well, not me, amigo. Then the interviewer, uh, he says that, you know what? You're in luck because your grades, they just don't cut it. So then Will grabs a Rubik's Cube that the guy had. And uh, before he leaves the room, he solves it. And he throws it back to him. He's like, oh, there you go. And Ed is astonished. He's like, whoa, I've been working on that thing for months. <laughs> he calls Will back. And then I guess they start to hang out. Yeah, like, yeah this goes into Mars quickly. Yeah, very Grab fast. Grab your edible. Like Will's teaching him. <laughs> or if you already had one enjoy the, the, the there ride. you go but will teaches him like like handshakes they do shadow puppets yeah uh then will gives him his hat to try on uh and he puts it on but then he's like no no you got to do it backwards uh and he got criticized for that hat saying that uh you know at princeton they frown up upon backwards mm -hmm. hats so the guy tries on the hat backwards and he feels alive i guess and uh it ends with like will teaching him some dance moves so it's it's it was funny. It was a nice little humor. It's, I like how uh, the guy keeps saying, "Well, you know, at Princeton we frown on that," and Will's kind of like, "Man, you guys do a lot of frowning. It's like everybody's just walking around frowning at each other all day." <laughs> that one, that scene was awesome. That was awesome. It's like it's like everybody everybody looking like this, and then it cuts to the guy who looks like that. <laughs> so good. Uh, that's a visual one people need to look yeah. at. Like it's funny. Like it is a funny audio clip, but it's like if you actually see it, it's awesome. So then Will and Ed walk out of the office together, and he tells Will, you know what, get your grades up, and you're in. Will's like, man, I don't know. The man then pleads him to consider this it. This is Will insanity. Says, oh, would never happen. Okay, E-Money, I'll sleep on it. Yeah. And then they do the Will and Jazz handshake. So it's like, damn, they really built a bond in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh He's uh Did you enjoy this? He's scene? given a few people the 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 what I always to always think was just be strictly between Will and Jazz, but there's a few people that have done it. I remember the one that pissed me off was uh I forgot his name. Donald Trump? No, I no yeah, it was Jameson. Jameson. Uh when he was uh when Will was like his good luck charm and he was telling him to invest in all these stocks. Remember that episode? Yes. 
What piss? They got so tight that at one point they busted that's the handshake. The one. Out. And I was like, what are you doing? That's the guy. <laughs> and I remember you were just as offended then as you are now. And I as love I it. As I am now. And I love it. Change. Continuity to me. Yeah. I have my own definitely. to worry about. <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah. What do you think of this scene, though? He's getting buddy-buddy with the uh, Ed, Ed over here. I mean, it's ridiculous, but uh, it's cool. I... Fresh Prince does a really good job with these montage scenes where it's just a series of things all happening, usually with some kind of like theme in the background. Yeah. Whether, uh, you know, one of my early favorite ones was um, when it's a montage of, of th- them teaching Phil and Carlson, teaching Will how to be a gentleman at the table oh, and yeah. doing the bow ties. It's just a, I like little scenes like that. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. So I, the show does do a good job with that. Yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed it. And like I said, in, in the previous scene that you did, um, I feel like we're on we're we're going to Mars quickly. It's just kind of like we're going off really quickly into space. At this point, yeah, it's like yeah. this is going to be one of those. <clears throat> so Carlton, he's sitting outside. He brought a video camera because he thought this was going to be just heartbreaking for Will. Mm-hmm. But even though like Will didn't care about this in the first place, but uh, he looks stunned because he hears the dialogue that they have, and he's like, "What the hell?" And then. Will goes to Carlton's ear before walking off, and he's like, piece of cake, and he walks off. <laughs> right. Uh, in the next scene, we see, uh, I guess they walked home from school. Carlton is quizzing Will, like, all kinds oh, of like, hard questions. And it's because he's now jealous of how close Will is to getting into that yep. school. Like, he's like, how the hell can you make it? Like, he, that, that goes against everything he stands for. This reminds me of when the uh, they did the PSAT scores, and... Carlton got jealous of Will's score and he was going nuts. Same kind of thing here. He's going insane because it's like, how the hell are you so close with that guy? And you're now you're, you're almost going to get into this prestigious school. Like I'm worried about getting in, but you're getting in no problem. Like it was a, like he's having a breakdown. Right. You know? Especially so. after he's had so many of these moments where, um, where he's been jealous of Will, whether it's Phil showing up at the basketball games or, you know, et yeah, cetera, yeah. et cetera. And, Phil's obviously said, you know, I didn't come to your games, and because it made us. Carlton made a comment like, "You you never came before, and all of a sudden you're coming," kind of thing. And Phil said, "I'm sorry," and goes, uh, "But I need to be there for Will," kind of thing. So he is a, a support beam for Will, but this is one of those moments where Carlton just kind of forgets that, and it's kind of like, "Well, gee, I can accept that Will's the the better jock." But damn it, now he's also smarter than me. Like, he literally has no advantage over Will. And he's a very competitive guy, Carlton. Yeah. And so that's why it eats yeah. him alive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Which I like. I like that that's a character trait in this show. It's You need someone like that. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Carlton is quizzing Will. He's going nuts. And uh, we'll run the scene here. But Will basically tells him, because Carlton's like, well, how'd you do it? How'd you get, like, how are you at this stage with with Ed? <laughs> How'd you do it, Will? The truth. Carl, now it's just myself. I guess that was good enough. This is Princeton, Will. They don't want people who are themselves. They want people like me. <laughs> now fess up. I told you, Carl. I was just myself. I, I, we talked. I told him about the hood back in Philly, and he told me about some stuff called spam. <laughs> You know, if you're getting a shot at Princeton, that's pretty impressive. I'm proud of you, son. And then uh, later on, we see that Will is extremely, or Phil is extremely proud of Will. And he even lets him use the Jaguar next weekend. That was uh, awesome. And we had a scene here, I didn't mention it, but when Phil is showing Carlton the pictures in the beginning, 
he says that there's a secret handshake and he's about to show Carlton, but Will was in the room, so he didn't. <laughs> but now Phil or Will asks about the handshake and he's like, Oh, but we can't show it to, to anybody, to any outsiders. Let's go inside because he's referring to Carlton. So they go inside and Carlton is, is stays outside. I thought that was pretty heartbreaking. And that definitely in my head, I was like, Well, Carlton's gonna fucking explode. <laughs> like, yeah. Brutal. <laughs> um yeah, so that's that. The next day at Beller Prep, it's Carlton's turn for the interview. Jesus. He comes in looking like a knockoff Will. Oh, man. Purple purple pants, snap back to the back, inside-out blazer just like Will. Yep. And apparently he doesn't want to be called Mr. Banks. He says his posse calls him Rap Master C. This um, is just basically Carlton's of, uh, version of Kip Smithers. Well, I was going to say, this reminds me of just his uh, persona from the Compton episode, where he has to spend days in Compton. Yeah, I would say uh, not that to that level, but yeah. It's uh, not just, as uh, extreme. It's definitely a goofier, it's a goofier take, but it's yeah. like he's bringing that stupid persona oh, back again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's ridiculous. The interviewer, at this point, he... He approaches Carlton right off the bat in a different way because he sees yep. the record and he sees that he has good grades. So it's like with Will, he didn't come off as this this dude who just wanted to talk, you know, paper and grades and all that because he knew Will wasn't a, a student of that caliber. So he went in just, you know, with an open-ended conversation. It just it worked because Will's good at that. He approached Carlton with like this guy's in for sure because he has great grades. Like how can I say no? Carlton, though, is trying to be Will at this point. And whenever Ed keeps trying to talk to him about the grades, Carlton thinks the opposite. He's like, yeah, let's not talk about that. Look what I can do. Have you ever vogued? And then he does the right. stupid vogue dance and yeah. shit. Like, it's, it's insane, this scene. And it, <laughs> it's I, I, I popped because I thought it was funny. But it's like, man, Carlton, you need to stop right now. Because at this point, it's like, I want to see you succeed and get in. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Right. But, um... Yeah, basically, Ed at, at one point basically is like, look, we you have great grades, but Princeton at this point doesn't accept the clinically insane. Right. And he dismisses him. Uh, and then we end up going to commercial, but then we come back and it's just Carlton is like going nuts with, with like explanations. Like, no, I'm not really like this. I really am smart, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes off and he ends up like slipping a death threat to Ed. Yeah. And Ed catches it and he's like, is that a death threat? And then it cuts the scene. Boy, oh boy. If he thought he was in trouble before, did you just throw out my light bro on my TV show? <laughs> so yeah, man, he was devastated. Oh. Yeah, man. For you to throw a death threat at a random dude, it's like... Not a random yeah. dude. A guy that literally has your balls in his hand. Meaning right. your future, everything you ever worked for. Princeton, all these years, 18 years of going to school or whatever the fuck, you know. Yeah. Random as in he met him that day, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, no, it's pretty insane. In the next scene, Carlton walks into the house where everyone's eagerly awaiting his arrival. He says he's got in with full scholarship. So it's like yeah. the audience were kind of left like, oh my god. Uh everyone's delighted. Vivian says that we need to throw a party and invite all of his friends. Then Ashley says we can't throw a party because he doesn't have any friends. Then I'll have to dance with him. This was the best little sister line I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> just maybe it's because I have a little sister uh, that was like, we had a difference in, in age like that. You popped, eh? And uh, 
I, I popped. I just related because I, I would dance at my sister just for funsies at like weddings. And yeah, stuff. I think we all did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have two sisters. Yeah, so. very nice. Carlton says, "Let's not go overboard." So he's already kind of reluctant. Uh, Phil then says, "This sounds like a new car. How about a convertible, Princeton Orange?" And Carlton is just refusing the praise. He's like, "Oh, come on, Dad. Like, let's not go there." This. Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say fine. this uh, This scene kind of reminded me of when Jeffrey wins the $26 million. Will's mm. trying to like, oh, hold on a second, but he won't let him get a word in edgewise because he knows that the gig is up. Right, and in yeah. this case, Carlton feels like a fraud. Like he got away with a lie, but now he didn't think it through. Like what would the lie entail? And all of a sudden... Phil's praising him, and he wants to get by him a convertible. Like, it's super cool, but at the same time, it's empty because Carlton knows that it's a lie. At this point, we don't know if it's a lie or not, or if, like, maybe he swung something backstage to get himself in, but obviously, like, we're about to find out. Yeah. I will say, we keep mentioning the episode where Jeffrey hits the lotto. Um, It's almost like they knew... I mean, they shoot these out of order, but it's like they knew that that formula was a pretty good one. <laughs> and it's like they, they're taking little bits yeah. from that episode. I do like your, 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 I realize it's not real logic, but the logic that maybe the episodes are shot in order. You know what I mean? I mean, I know they're not, but I can't help but feel like they're, they're put in the order they're in for a reason. They um, might have been shot in order, but I don't think so. Have, you know? Actually, they might have because during that time, the episodes were being released weekly. But who knows? I'm not sure about that. I don't think they are, though. But I can double check. We'll just uh, leave it at that. Um, Yeah, so at this point, the phone rings. Phil and Carlton are, like, racing to it. They're like, I get it. No, I'll get it. Then, you know, Phil wins. (laughs) And uh, it's Mr. Robertson, who is uh, Carlton's principal. So the truth has come out, and Carlton is now suspended. Phil doesn't snap or anything. He just goes to Carlton. He's like, just tell me you didn't threaten to kill the man from Princeton. And then there was like a laugh track at that point or uh, like a laugh pop, whatever you want to call it. But then um, Phil repeats himself and there's no laugh. And then in the manner that Carlton delivers his line, he just he's just like, I can't. And (laughs) dead silence. The camera is zoomed into his face more than before. And. It just, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to say, I don't want to like praise that that was like amazing acting, but I think just the tone of that scene was perfect. Right. Like it was like, that's a disappointed father and like a guilty son right there. Like they're, they're throwing that very nicely into the equation. So I got to applaud them. for Sure. That. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Okay, so then in the next scene, Carlton is, like, just chilling on the couch. And uh, we're going to run this scene because it was amazing. But basically, Carlton is uh, jealous of Will because Will comes in. And uh, he's kind of like, oh, are you sad or whatever? Like, he's just poking fun at him. And then Carlton basically just goes, look, I don't know how you do this. You get things so easily. You don't even try. Why don't you just go back to Philly? Then when Will leaves... All this crazy shit starts happening in the, in the apartment. This white light comes through the window, just smoke everywhere. 
And then uh, Carlton's guardian angel, who is Tom Jones, <laughs> comes to help Carlton with the his Tom dilemma. Jones. <laughs> the Tom Jones coming in on that team. And he's standing It's Tom Jones. What are you doing here? Well, I'm your guardian angel. Uh, no offense, Tom, but I always thought my guardian angel would be black. I knew Otis Redding. Well, anyway, I'm glad you came. Oh, I've been so unhappy. I know. Break it down to me. Uh, and then they they break into a custom version of It's Not Unusual. Like, they're literally singing what's happening, but in like through song. Right. Carlton and Tom Jones, like it's a back-to-back, um, and it's it's awesome. It's awesome. We're gonna run it, and then uh, but Tom Jones is is really there to show Carlton what it's like, uh, what life would be like if he wasn't there. Um, and basically, what that leads to is, will this this I was a bit like, not confused. I understood it, but like, the message wasn't clear enough to me. Like, they basically said that will represents happiness where carlton represents greed without carlton they're poor but they're happy because they say that uh all hillary does is fix her hair which is the same thing that she does anyway but all ashley does is dance phil found art he he's a painter now and it's all because will is such a positive vibe and his thing is just you need to be happy more than rich but then Carlton's side is like, wait, so if I'm not here, we're not rich, we, we're broke, we're poor, we're, we're right, whatever. Right. You know, what I, and it's like... He's missing it? I, but I'd argue, you know, what's more important, happiness or being rich? I think it's it's happiness. Like, that's the narrative that you, you, stories usually push. Right. I mean, that is the decency of a human being. Money can't buy you everything. That is the, the what people say. So it didn't come across clear. It's like, why are we rooting for a guy who represents greed? Like they're happy let them be happy but we're supposed to feel bad for the guy that represents like the money part and you know you gotta be i don't know it's well, like they because, it's like a joke it's like a joke but it's not a joke i can't explain the it. thing is because carlton's a heel he's a heel but we're supposed to feel bad for him at this point mm, i guess yeah but i don't feel bad he doesn't for him. No, no, neither do I. Like, he is a heel, and I get it. But what I'm trying to say is the scene conveys that it's like, oh, without you, they're just, you know, Will took over with his positive and happy mood. Yeah, and, yeah, that was uneven, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's like, it's like, okay, but what's wrong with that? Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. And then, and then Carlton's like, oh, so we're going to be broke without me? Oh, my God. It's like, I don't know, man. It's Phil weird. looked like he was at peace just doing art. He looked awesome. He was Ashley looked happy. Sheet. Hillary was Hillary. He's like, you know. I thought it was a weird little thing. Unless we're supposed to root for the heel, then I guess this did its job. But it's just counterintuitive to how a show usually goes about business. Right, so, right. I, I don't know. I'll leave that up to interpretation. <clears throat> In the next scene, Will is greeted to a positive good morning from Carlton. Carlton apologizes for the way he spoke to him earlier. Will says, no biggie. He did call Ed back and tell him that his final decision was that he didn't want to go to Princeton. But uh, he put a good word for Carlton. So then Carlton's like, so I'm in? And Will says, no, he still thinks you're insane. <laughs> uh, Phil comes in and says, Will, will you excuse us, please? We need a moment alone. Will says, don't be so hard on him, Uncle Phil. He's a moron. Which I thought was awesome. It was so out of nowhere. Uh, 
Carlton says, before you start, I just want to say I'm really sorry about the death threat. <laughs> Phil says, I'll admit that that wasn't the brightest part of my day, but what hurt the most was that you lied to me. Carlton says, I just don't know how to tell you or didn't know how to tell you. I thought you'd like Will more than me. Phil goes, I can never like Will. And then there's like a huge laugh and it was pretty funny. Yeah. But this part kind of, he's like, well, I mean, like, I like him, but wait a minute. Here I am lying to you. So what? He doesn't like Will? I don't know. Carlton says, sorry, I blew it. I just wanted to be like you. And Phil says, the gem of the episode, you can't be like me, Carlton, or like Will or like anybody else. You can only be like you. Who you are is just fine with me. I mean that. And then uh, he's like, Carlton, you're grounded. But they have a nice hug at the end, and that is the end of the episode. Uh, I don't know. This is, in my opinion, where the show fell apart. It's just too much contradictions. What did you think of the last uh, last scene here? I thought it was wacky that Carlton would do something like that, like pretend to be like Will to try to get in. But if we're going to Mars, I can appreciate it like that. It's fine. The Tom Jones thing happens in a dream, right? I yeah. Okay, yeah. so that whole thing is excused. Um Yeah, I just thought it was a really strange dynamic where you're positioning Carlton as the lead babyface. Yeah, when he represents, like, the not-so-great side of a human being. He's yeah. fucking... Um, Carlton, uh, what did he say in one of the episodes? He goes, uh, I still haven't taught you how to uh, uh, name your dog as a dependent. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like... <laughs> I know the. I know you know. It's basically like saying like, he does illegal shit, you know, financially. But yeah, that was. Uh, this was an interesting episode. It almost felt like it was written by like four different people. Yeah, that's a mm -hmm. good uh, way to put it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, there's a great blooper at the end uh, during the credits because at one point when, uh, when Will goes up the stairs, he just. He falls going up. Yes. And everyone laughs. Carlton breaks out and laughs. It was a fucking yeah. awesome. Um, all right. Final thoughts, trivia facts, and goofs. Uh, so the trivia, the song that plays during the montage of Will and, and the Princeton representative getting along is Love Will Keep Us Together by Captain and Tennille. The current airings on BET have this entire scene erased. Wow. Wow, okay. Will, yeah, there's no reason for that. In fact, I think... Taking that out kind of impacts how well the uh, like the interview went. You know, if you just have the scene where they're walking out talking good, it's possible. Like, how the hell did that get there? I'm just a, I, maybe copyright issues. Oh, maybe yeah, it could maybe the copyright issues. Huh. Interesting. With the song, Will impresses the Princeton interviewer by solving a Rubik's cube in front of him. In the pursuit of happiness in 2006, he would impress the manager of a brokerage. That's where I've seen thing. it. That's where I've seen it. I'm like, I saw <laughs> this somewhere. It's in the back of a cab or something. I've never seen. Oh, it. you haven't seen Pursuit of Happiness? No. Oh, you TV. have to watch it. It's good. It's really good. It's like oatmeal for the heart, you know. Oh boy, oatmeal. It's for just the a heart. little. A little something nice to watch before bed, you know? Just a little something nice to watch before bed. Just a little fiber for the heart. Yeah. Okay. 
the episode title is a pun on the phrase alma mater, a Latin phrase meaning nourishing mother. Oh. Damn. And the goofs of the episode. When Will interviews with the Princeton representative, the interviewer is fiddling with a jumbled Rubik's Cube and sets it down to his right. When he begins to stand, you can see a second Rubik's Cube that is fully solved to his left. The solved Rubik's Cube is no longer there when he sits down, as it was likely the replacement cube that Will uses when he solves the puzzle. When I read this, I went back and I can confirm that is a thing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's an easy that's an easy one to um <clears throat> to, to miss. And to miss as well. Like if you're working in the uh That's true. You're in the continuity, yeah, the, it'd be hard to the people. Yeah. Yeah. And the last one, Phil and Carlton are looking at Phil's yearbook from Princeton and identify Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas in a photo. However, Clarence Thomas never attended Princeton. He got his undergraduate degree from Holy Cross and his law degree from Yale. So for all you Clarence Thomas fans, uh there you go. Uh, Chris, give me your zinger of the episode. My zinger of the episode is when Carlton talks to his guardian angel. Oh, my God, it's Tom Jones. What are you doing here? Well, I'm your guardian angel. <laughs> uh, no offense, Tom, but I always thought my guardian angel would be black. I knew Otis Redding. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm glad you came. I've been so unhappy. I know. Break it down to me. <laughs> I also liked how um, Tom Jones came sliding into the bank's living room. Like, yeah, there's so no other gangster way to come in except sliding, like, almost <laughs> like you're hovering above. It was really cool. Yeah. And then he hovered his way out when he exited, which <laughs> I thought was really cool as well. That scene uh, kind of gave me vibes of when they were shooting the music video at the bank's house. Oh yeah, we're not right? Even yeah. yeah, that was fun. So, so I like when they dress up the living room and make it fun. We have we get to do something cool <laughs> like this. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I like it. And real quick, give me your final thought on the episode. Yeah, I thought they threw a lot of things at the wall here. This felt like a very busy episode of uh, Monday Night Raw. Um, you had the Tom Jones thing that I had. I for some reason, I remember Tom Jones being on the show through clip forms, and I always just imagined Tom Jones was the center of his own episode, as opposed to he just exists literally in one scene. I didn't know that. So that was new for me. But um, I thought there were enough one-liners here. Uh, again, it just feels like a different writing crew than the previous episode in terms of tone. Like, this one's very much more relaxed and off to space you know with with a lot of the concepts here but i did enjoy it for the most part um even though it wasn't hilarious you know there were some funny moments and i did like some of the uh some of the wordplay and carlton acting like a just like a crazy idiot was kind of funny especially toward the end of that scene right and so there were some things that i liked and um, some of the jokes are recycled, like at the beginning when they threatened to throw away Hillary's food. When she made them the breakfast, right? Mm -hmm. But I do like that she defends herself by saying, hey, look, I used to work at a catering place, right? So, so I, I, I yeah, when they focus on the things that have already happened, it's kind of like a cool nod. That's all you need is a nod. I'm not too worried about continuing continuity if it doesn't make sense later but for the most part it's been pretty good i think 
when they reference stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I can't argue. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say this is one of those episodes where it, it. I mean, it wasn't written by geniuses. You know what I mean? But everybody in the episode just pulled it off, and I ended up just enjoying it and, and having fun with this episode. So I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. It was fun. Nice. Seven out of ten. Uh, I think I'm just gonna be a prick and give it a five out of ten. Here we go. Yeah, I give the good episodes bad scores and the bad episodes good scores. <laughs> He's trying to be um, an ass to me because earlier I gave uh, my episode a three out of ten. <laughs> so now you're being petty. Not why. Now you're being no, petty, bro. This doesn't affect you at all. Well, you, you know, know what? what I mean? I'm giving it a five as well. There you go. Two fives. Wow, you're switching your seven to No, I'm five. just kidding. A seven. Oh, okay. Wow. I was about to say, the heel turn. Uh, I just think there was nothing here worth watching. Um, this has been done before where Carlton is a very jealous man. Yeah, man. But, it, but it's been done in better episodes uh, with better storylines. And I think more it's... Uh, Maybe not more at stake. I think getting into university is important. I just, I think I'm, by season three, I'm just tired of this. And it's like, if you're going to do this angle, do something more interesting. There's just nothing here really to watch. It wasn't that funny. It wasn't, um, there's just, it's not a, there's no reason to watch it. It doesn't continue. It's not going to carry on to the next episode. There's just nothing here that you should go out of your way for. Um, because even like if it was funny, I'd, I'd tell you to watch it because it's funny. But I can't even think of like that much humor in it besides, you know, maybe if you're a huge Tom Jones fan, there's the novelty of that. But other than that, I wouldn't recommend the episode. So I'm just going to give it a five out of ten. Uh, you could find minimal enjoyment in it. Jesus. That's right. That's my problem. I did like Tom Jones and Carlton uh, having their little moment there. That it was, was cool. that probably is the most redeeming part of the show of the episode. Definitely, it's like, you know, the Carlton dance hails from that song, and they get to meet on screen. That is a cool yeah. thing. But other than that, there's just nothing. There, yeah. So yeah, I think the five is probably just based on that. To be honest, <laughs> it's possible. It's possible for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll be right back to close the show after some tears for fears. Oh yeah.
Well, everybody, it's that time of the night where we have to take off to sleepy land. But we'd like to thank you for downloading this show. You can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Podcast Fresh or Twitter at Podcast Fresh TO. Nice. And if you want to follow our personals, uh, you could follow me at official underscore acapello on Instagram. And also on Instagram, you could follow Chris at Torres Unlimited. And uh, I just want to say thank you for all the support that my little podcast got uh, this week. Um, yeah. Both episodes have actually done m- more downloads than I thought. Uh, so I just want to say thank That's you. That's awesome. Yeah. Check out that show. Uh, what is it called? The Gaming Asylum? The Gaming Asylum. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So check out that show. And we'll be back next week with another Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode and in the meantime you can look forward to another last wrestling podcast um that's it for me uh so until then stay safe and we'll talk to you guys next time stay fresh the freshest (laughs) but not yet oh jesus hold on hold on oh jesus Sweet daddy, shaky. Nature is returning to normal. When I see Fresh Prince discs entering PlayStation 3s and 4s, nature is going back to normal. I am so uncomfortable right now. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, uh, so we're going to go <laughs> into the episode. This guy's dead. I don't know what the fuck that was. People can't see you, but, like, you're in a dark room with, like, this blue light grabbing right. the microphone, and, like, you're talking like that. It was, it was too, much, too much for me. All right. All right, fair enough. Let's go. Nature is coming back to normal. Come on, Jedi Knight. Well, easy there, Dumbledore. Yeah. Don't make me. All right. So uh, we start the. Yo, dude, I need your tears for fingers. <laughs> Conan. Conan was talking on his podcast. Um, speaking of like playing, putting words in people's mouth, he was talking about how back in the day, Lex Luger used to listen to DMX. He was a big fan of DMX. And uh, he used to work out a lot, obviously. And one time he couldn't find his DMX tape, and he and he was pissed, like he was going through the locker room. Who's got my DMX tape? And I just thought that was just really funny. I don't know why. Looking for the old. Give it to your butt. Wait for you to get it on your own. X go deliver to your knock knock. Open up the door to spread with the nonstop pop up. Podcast fresh. <laughs>